0: Hello, Hell, oh, book club gang this is john up top to let you know that we unfortunately lost the last five minutes of today's episode due to a technical difficulty i'm working to make sure that that doesn't happen again but we had to make that sacrifice to the podcast gods for this week so i really apologize and i'll be coming back in at the end to wrap everything up thanks again for listening and on with the show
1: reading Hellboy comics and talking to our friends
0: Book Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with
2: Aubrey Lovelace.
1: And I'm Danielle.
0: All right, everybody. This week, we're going to be talking about being human and conquer worm. Normally, at the beginning of episodes, we talk about some listener feedback. Um, this week, we're not going to be addressing any listener feedback because we had to record this episode a little early. But don't worry. On the next episode, we will discuss all the listener feedback for our short stories part two episode as well as this episode. So keep all that feedback coming in. We enjoy uh, hearing from everybody that's listening.
2: Well, seems like we're not going to talk about feedback. Uh, I do want to mention. Did you happen to see that um, Ryan Otley uh, render of Hellboy that he posted on his uh, yes, social media? Yes,
0: I retweeted that on our uh, um, okay. on our Twitter page. Oh, yeah, but so Ryan good. Otley did a great Hellboy sketch. Um, all colored in and everything that he posted. It, it just looks really amazing. Yeah. I'll have to post that to our other, uh, to the Facebook and to the Instagram as well. So everybody can can check that out. Cool.
2: Yeah, I hardly ever get on Twitter. So I guess I didn't see that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, just to be clear, guys, we're we're recording two episodes back to back. So we will definitely get to your comments and stuff as soon as we get back into town. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's the magic of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. The first story that we're going to talk about kind of as a prelude before we get into being human and conquer worm, is Abe Sapien versus science? Abe Sapien versus science was a backup story in Boxful of Evil Part Two in 1999. It's penciled by Matt Smith with inks by Mignola, which I thought was interesting. And Mignola also wrote the story. So we're at the uh, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense headquarters in Fairfield, Connecticut. Here's the Falling Water Frank Lloyd Wright tribute building that we've seen already a couple times. And Abe observes Dr. Cobb and Dr. Rodell performing tests on Roger. This is after the events of Almost Colossus, where he was left in a hus state after bringing Liz back to life. Cobb thinks that they should try a few more volts, but Rodell is ready to learn uh, from Roger with scalpels and microscopes, right? So they've been trying to... Um, bring him back to life but they've been unsuccessful so they're just going to kind of like cut him apart and see what they could learn from his homunculus body
1: i like the i like the idea that abe feels a connection to the homunculus because his past experience so closely mirrors roger's current predicament right so that's that's a really wonderful insight into abe he now has that his we're own getting, yeah. yeah
0: he has his own flashback in 1979 where pretty much they're having almost the exact same conversation whether they're going to continue to try in electrical stimulation or if they're going to get to the scalpels
1: and he's not going to just watch that happen because he's you know if if something hadn't intervened in his situation you know he wouldn't be here so he's not going to let roger go down like that he's going to do something about it
2: one dude seems like really eager to just stop uh trying and get to the scalpels he's all like yep Yeah, it's Dr. Roddell.
0: It's it's Dr. Roddell. He's he's so quick to uh, to want to take out his little knives or whatever. There might be something wrong with that. But Abe is also thinking about everything that's happened. You know, he is close with Hellboy and Liz and Hellboy said that Roger's a good guy and he saved Liz, essentially. Yeah, he's like Abe watched Liz die right in front of him. And then Roger was able to bring her back to life. So he's kind of, you know, he wants to really give this guy a chance. Cobb suggests that they go on a break because they don't want to operate on an empty stomach.
2: Well, I feel like Cobb like actually saw Abe sitting over there before he made the suggestion, so I think um,
0: maybe he he's also wanted to try a couple more volts. So yeah. maybe he's like he doesn't he can't say anything, but he's kind of on Abe's side here.
2: He's like, let's uh let's get him out of here. Yeah,
0: that's interesting abe um pulls all the power he disengages the breakers and does all this stuff to reroute power to roger and he explodes the lab in doing so there's such a huge surge of energy that all the lights go out in the building and they come in they tell abe you're in big trouble mister i thought that was a that was kind of an interesting line uh, but then they see that roger's alive and so there's kind of like this little ominous moment where he's just kind of standing there his eyes are like glowing and they just say hello, and and then he just waves. Yeah, I love that.
1: That the last panel where he's raising his hand. Hey guys,
2: what's up, dudes? No. Yeah, Hi, my name Roger. Nice to meet you. <laughs>
0: and I, I I love how you know the these are not pencils by Mignola, but he did the inks over right. it, so you can kind so of see it's a like it, style. It, it. It looks very Mignola esque when you're looking at it, but there's something a little off about it. I, that's those Matt Smith pencils. Um, I like so, the very
1: end here, and just, it says, not really the end.
0: Right, not really the end. So, anyway, I wanted to go ahead and cover that first before we move on with any of our Roger stories for today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they even referenced it in one of the stories, and I remember reading going, hmm, I don't yeah, remember reading do. the story. Yeah, they
0: do. They mention it in, in within Conquer Worm. You're right about that. Yeah,
2: so like, I guess when I got here, you handed me the story, and you're like, here, read this real yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so next we're going to talk about being human so being human is a later story that uh it comes up it's from 2011 so we're jumping kind of way ahead here but i thought it would be fun to include because it comes before conqueror worm in the omnibus version just like on last week's episode we included the midnight circus um, after pancakes because that's how it is in the omnibus i thought it would be interesting to include this story before we get to Conqueror worm because that's where it falls in, in the omnibus there uh, being human was a one-shot issue from may of 2011 like i said story by mignola and art by richard corbin so just like last week we talked about how you're getting fegrado's art a little early here we're getting corbin's art a little early you know i didn't see corbin hellboy stuff until a little later after conqueror worm but here we're getting some a little bit beforehand so you know if you're reading along uh this is a different sequence so you're introduced to corbin earlier than you normally normally would have and he's primarily a horror artist i want to say that he mostly draws horror comics i don't know too much about his other work but i I i do like his stuff on hellboy our story opens up in 2000 at the bprd headquarters and they have Roger kind of in this uh room where they're monitoring him. He's reading Steinbeck's of Mice and Men. The scientists have been monitoring Roger in this environment for a while and Hellboy questions how long they're gonna keep him in there. Manning jokes, should we let him out into the field? You know, but Hellboy does think that he should go out into the field and he convinces Manning to let him take him out, um, to be a sport and and give him some air.
2: I do want to point out about, I guess, uh Corbin's art. You can definitely see it's a Definitely a different style from Mignola's. Right. I mean, it was a little jarring at first when I was reading it, but then, of course, you know, now that I'm, you know, um, I really do like it and appreciate it. It's just like, and it's also neat to see other artists take on um, Mignola's work. Yeah, I want to talk,
0: that, talk about that a little bit more um, later in the story, so we'll definitely come back to that. Uh, the doctor says that Roger's doing really well, so they take him out to South Carolina. And so I wanted to talk about the art here. We've seen... A lot of Mignola's tombstones and kind of these kind of settings, and here we kind of see uh, Corbin's version on that. W- what do you guys think about the art here?
2: Well, I guess like Mignola, his like um, his style, he's got like more like like I guess long strokes and simple
0: shapes, I guess. Well, yeah,
2: yeah and wavering, like whenever you see like trees and like the uh, cemeteries and all that. Um, you'll they'll mostly be like trees without leaves, and then just in the background with lots of lines. But here, you know, you're seeing like full lush trees, and he's like, this artist has definitely got a t- like a
1: well, it's it's tighter sort of an stroke, imp- impressionistic style versus a literal, a very literal style, and everything's very detailed. And
0: yeah, there's a lot more detail.
1: And I mean, um, uh, you know, not that Mignola doesn't draw detail; he he very much does. It's just he does a lot with a little, and he. There's a lot of negative space in yeah. it that does the talking. It's just a
0: different kind of, yeah, different kind of expression. I do like it, though. Yeah. So Roger and Hellboy are told by the local PD about the family history of the Turnbows, how they died off, leaving only Virginia's Turnbow, who later married Clayton Killen. Um, but they're all dead now. And the officer says that there's been rumors of the crypt being haunted. They go to this nearby ragged plantation house. And he shows them pictures of how um, they were all arranged around the table, right? Somebody had seen a light on in the house, and when they checked, they found the Killen family all dead sitting around this table. The PD put them back in their crypt and kept watch for a couple days, um, but nothing happened. So they cut the detail down to one guy, and then he called in that they, he saw them all get up around midnight and go sit down at the table and they haven't seen that guard since, so they're guessing he quit, or maybe something more sinister happened to him. Right
2: back here, page like when they first like enter the house, like the detail and the artwork back here, where you can see like the plaster coming off the brick and the wall right. and all that, and then like on the ceiling, it's just kind of sort of falling. You can see the rafters and all that. Uh, I-, I really do like that. I mean, that's some really good like work there. Yeah, the <laughs> the,
0: the, the creepy factor. He really he really r- ramps up that creepy factor we learn about the family history Virginia is not in the photo that are that is shown here since uh, she took off before that and we learn of this sad family history right all terrible things have happened to the clayton family one guy was stabbed one guy shot himself and then the last daughter uh killed the dad and hung herself so all terrible things and corbin really has a way of kind of showing all these like little tragedies yeah. in, in, in these little detail and it's a uh, it's it's pretty good i I like his his horror art style
2: yeah it's like it's it's pretty creepy and you can definitely see kind of like the emotions coming through on them
0: yeah so Roger and Hellboy decide to stay Roger says that they'll stay um the night to kind of see what's going to be going on um th- there's a great comment from Hellboy here as they're sitting in the dark he tells Roger that this is mostly what being in the BPRD is. Sitting in awful places waiting for something to happen, and Hellboy starts telling Roger about how he can be an agent,
2: like oh, he says me an agent, I'm yeah, not, I'm not human
0: and this this uh this little scene where they're sitting in the dark, I like how here you you don't get a lot of detail on Hellboy. he's just kind of two eyes and in a silhouette shape. I really like that.
2: Yeah, I was going to point out. Like, I do like also. I guess now that it's shifted to night, you know, it's definitely started bringing back the shadows that we're more used to.
0: Roger recounts his history, and we see all these panels. I wanted to kind of talk to y'all about this. We see Roger coming to life. We see the 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 castle where he was found. We see Liz, and when she brings him to life. What do you think about seeing these panels kind of done again, but in a different style? Because we've seen all this already, but. Now it's kind of a, a different art style.
2: Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's like a nice, you know, it, it's kind of cool to see other people's take on uh, what he did. I'm pretty sure M- Mignola saw something in Corbin's art that he liked. And he's like, yeah, I really want to work with this guy and have him draw one of my Hellboy stories.
0: Yeah. And um, I really like this where we see his interpretation of of the moment that Roger was trying to burn Hellboy. And uh, he apologizes to Hellboy for burning him. And Hellboy's just like, oh, it's all good. You know how many times I've been let on fire? He's like, I go through a lot of coats. Someone approaches Hellboy and Roger, and uh, we see a hand of glory, right? So we saw a hand of glory back in Box Full of Evil uh, being held by Igor Bromhead. So here somebody else has one. And Hellboy finds himself unable to move.
2: And like you know the person setting the uh the hand down said, "Now you and there behave yourselves, this don't concern you none, yeah, <laughs> so this
0: is she's like a witch doctor character or something like that, and she's ma- she's the one that's making Clayton and the family rise. Hellboy can't move, but Roger can, and Roger mentions to that Hellboy is more human than he is,
2: but it, it is interesting that you know I mean, I guess like I guess the hand of glory doesn't affect the homunculus, you know, so yeah, um." way to go roger (laughs) yeah
0: so roger has a good little action moment where he's fighting uh these zombie characters there's this uh giant zombie that he fights with like a a symbol painted into his chest so i was kind of wondering what what that is if that's kind of like a conjuring symbol or that's kind of how she brought him to life i was even wondering if this was maybe that guard that had gone missing that they the pd had left out there or something i you know because he's not He's not too decomposed. I, I don't know. Him and Roger have uh, have a fight, and Hellboy's just calling out to Roger to, to get the hand, but he's not able to. And there's just a lot of action here um, between Roger and this character. They, they fight with this stone, and uh, they're kind of pushing it back and forth, and uh, Roger gets hit in the face with it. So he keeps getting delayed every single time, and Hellboy's just kind of stuck there calling out for him to put out the goddamn hand. Roger gets thrown around pretty good. His coat gets all torn and tattered. And finally, he has this moment where he gets a statue head. And he really doesn't want to. He says, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. And he just throws the statue head at this monster. It kind of like, that puts it out. That kind of kills it. And it falls back, landing on the Hand of Glory, taking it all out in one move.
2: I like that. I guess it shows place of the character of who Roger is. And, like, Roger doesn't want to be violent, you know? He he wants to help out, but he doesn't want to kill anybody. You know.
0: Yeah, and we saw that in almost Colossus, where he just kind of wanted to be left alone. When they were trying to get him to come back, he was like, "Look, I, I just don't want any part of this. Just leave me alone." And so he's very kind of um, he doesn't want to take any action against anybody.
2: I also want to say the uh, corpse of the zombie like looks really creepy with all like, yeah, the rats and the worms with all the, and coming, the out the coming out of the skeleton of it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes me think of, like, Creepshow or something like that. Yeah, you remember Creepshow? Oh, definitely. And so Hellboy has a line here where he says, you see what I mean about the coats? Because now <laughs> Roger's coat is all messed. You know, he he doesn't have his coat anymore. Yeah. And we learned this whole thing about Clayton. You know, he had a daughter with this woman that he treated like a slave. That was why Virginius ended up leaving. And so this woman is is that daughter, Um, He used her mom and booted her when she came back to claim what was hers. Clayton ran her off and had her jailed, and so she swore revenge. Hellboy interrupts. He just kind of tries to say that this is enough. You know, he sympathizes with her when she tells him all this stuff. He's like, damn. But as she goes on and on, she reveals that she has something coming for him. So she's calling some other evil to come, I guess, get get this guy and his family. And Hellboy doesn't like that at all so he just keeps telling her that that's enough
2: and even the skeleton's got that like tear in its eye saying please
0: yeah he's asking for for mercy in this last moment finally she throws this uh this candle at hellboy and the whole place starts going up in fire and there's like this uh behind the fire there's kind of like this dark shape rising so she's calling something out that that's going to kind of take all of them and clayton his his ghost skeleton or whatever pleads with her take me but let my children go but she's not gonna have any of it she's she's vowing her revenge and then here she gets shot and there is a super gory shot of just her slumping over and and falling over after getting shot and we reveal that it was roger right roger was the one that that shot her and roger has a moment he says it was wrong what she was doing it was just so wrong i didn't want to shoot but and so we reveal that she's also turned into a pile of bones, so maybe she was also like an evil spirit. She's no longer like a, a, a physically dead woman like she was.
2: Well, like how Roger says, is was it the right thing to do? And then Hellboy's like, I don't know, but it is the human thing to do.
0: Right, exactly. So that's kind of the moral of the story. And it's a story about Roger finding you know, his humanity or kind of walking that line. You know, just kind of going along with the omnibus version, I thought it would be good to include this story. Let us know what you thought of being human well, and of Richard Corbin's art.
1: Well, as far as Roger goes, and I'm talking about Roger specifically in this story. That's that's the only thing I'm tackling right here. Anything of value, in my opinion, to be gleaned from this story, as far as Roger goes, can be found in Conqueror Worm, and it's done way, way better there. Like, uh, like Conqueror Worm is... The details about Roger that we need are given in a much better fashion, for for lack of a better word, than better. Right. I don't I don't want to say better, like it's a better story. It's just woven into a much more. The story is richer. It tells this story a little bit better than 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 this story does. And that, like being human, after reading both, it feels redundant to me. Mm. And if I was gonna pick one or the other to tell me about roger and his humanity quote i mean it's you know i think we can i personally would just rather leave this out honestly and i'm not trying to there's no shade in what i'm saying at all because obviously this is you know yeah i'm not saying there's no value in the story i'm just because obviously like from the point of view of someone who was used in the way that she feels she was used and her mother was used that's definitely you know we want to Speak out against that, and with our art and our writing, and we we don't, you know, we obviously want to say something about that, and the the commentary on that is solid. I just, um as far as the Hellboy universe goes, I wasn't particularly captivated by this one. I don't know.
0: Sure, no, and yeah. and I, and I think that it's important that we can. We're, we're going to be talking about a lot of different stories, a lot of different artists. It's okay to say I prefer this story over this other one. You know, I right? Mean, and or, I mean, if or, we're talking or, about
1: subject matter like Roger and whether or not he is as important as a human and whether or not being human really means that you're a person or not and how someone like Roger can relate to the world uh, and how he relates to Hellboy and Abe and everybody. Like, I i feel like that those connections are important and his relationship to Abe and Hellboy and himself and humanity. Those are all important things, but we get all of that in Conqueror Worm and we get it so much better. It's woven into this amazing, massive story and this is... It, this all just felt so redundant to me. And I'm not, like I said, I, like there's no shade, right. no shade. I'm not trying to shit talk anything. <laughs> I've just, that's just how I felt. And I I was surprised by my own opinion about that. Right, so I, right. you know, that caught me off guard too.
0: Well, and I think, you know, it's it, it's not in the library editions, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of a separate trade if you're doing library editions. It, it's included in the Omnibus now. And I think more like, we see that Roger is, uh, we see that he does good at the end of Almost Colossus. Right. Then we have this Abe Sapien versus Science where we know that he comes back. Right. And then we have Conqueror Worm right. where he's already an agent. Right. So I think maybe this story was kind of like, let's go fill in, Trying to bridge you know, just kind, kind of like all but the little short really stories.
2: What, what's his very first mission story? <laughs>
1: I just didn't think it needed Let's go to be.
2: back and fill this in.
1: I just don't know like what it's filling in though because I guess, I don't know. And I and I don't mean this as a criticism in any way. Obviously, all these stories are allowed to exist and you right. can add whatever you want it to add. I just for me personally it didn't really add much and I I don't know. I just I got all I needed out of Conqueror Worm. It was it was so succinct. It really said it all and it I felt like it told it in a much more rewarding fashion. Yeah. I guess, is all I'm trying to say. And so, uh, yeah, no criticism, no shade.
2: Um, Did you read Conquering Worm first, or did you read Being Human first?
1: I did. I did, and maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, I did so you, read Conqueror of Worm first, so uh, that might have had something to do with it.
2: So, um, because I did read The Being Human yeah. first, but then, um, I will be honest, I mean, except for the art itself, I mean, the story itself, kind of... But if you did read kind of this um, first, and
1: then go back and read Conqueror Worm afterwards, like, the order that we're reading it in right now, in the podcast, like... I was just kind it, of curious. I mean? No, yeah. yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, like, it just...
2: Uh, I it, mean, you do really make a great point because, you know, I didn't really think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, I was really more thinking about it. This is like his first story. But right. you, you do bring up a good point that we do get a really good... Um,
1: it encapsulates it so yeah. well in Conqueror Worm that I was just left feeling like, why is this here? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to be, like, mean or anything. I feel no. really mean right now. No. Like, I'm not trying to criticize. I, not... I wouldn't want anyone to criticize my work like that. Like, ah, this is redundant. We don't need it. Like, I would feel bad. So... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess if I'm trying to say anything, I would just—I I don't know. It was—it—it it is a vignette, and yeah. I'm not going to criticize a vignette. That's—it is what it is. It well, is I, what it is. I
0: just kind of take it like all the other short stories that we've been reading. This is kind of just a short story with Hellboy and Roger, just kind of one little right, one off, right,
1: right. And I—I I don't know. Maybe I—I I don't know. I don't know why I was so thrown off by this. <laughs> one. I'm not sure.
0: So let's get to it. Let's get to Conqueror Worm then. Conqueror Worm was published as a four-issue miniseries in two thousand one. We're looking at the trade paperback here. I think Danielle, you wanted to say something about the forward.
1: Yeah, I have, like you said, I have the trade and um, the forward here is by Guillermo de Toro, uh, and he he definitely thinks Mignola is a genius. I have to agree with him there. And he says here, here's a little quote, I humbly confess that many a time I have aspired to imitate Mignola's mysterious style in the design of my films. Alas, this hyper-expressionistic lighting is almost impossible to reproduce in a 3D world. And uh, <laughs> this, this next part made me laugh because it's so true. He says that Mike Mignola's work has an irritating simplicity to it. And I feel oh, like I I've like tried that. to express that so many times, but that really encapsulates it. An irritating simplicity. He says a lot with a little, and I have to agree. As uh, you know, as an aspiring artist myself, as someone who you know is so humble about their own work, I don't even know if I would consider myself an artist. I do like to do art shows and all of that sort of thing. So it's yeah, it is is something I'd really much admire, and it is irritating. <laughs> <laughs> he says, and Gu- Guillermo de Toro goes on to say, we work in parallel but separate arenas, and then he encourages us to explore these pages they draw us into a deeper richer universe they crown all past work and signal a new promising future and he's talking about Mignola's work and he then reiterates that mike Mignola is a genius so this is a very flattering foreword here and it was um it was really interesting to read because he was uh talking he he talks about trying to translate this into the movies and all that sort of stuff and so he's he's a unapologetic fan of Mignola's work and so that gives us a little insight into their their relationship and and you know so that was it was just an interesting read so I really liked that
2: it was really good I wanted to you know point out that it's kind of cool to think about how like how Mignola's style is pretty simplistic and um Hellboy came out in what 95 is when it started and that was like when You know, image was the big thing. Well, it's really that whole thing. It's very artistic
1: compared to all that. Yeah. Well,
2: I was just saying that. You know, it's kind of it's really cool that he was able to like um, survive, and his comic has been going on since 1995. And you know, how many? What there's like what only Spawn and Savage Dragon are left. It. I think (laughs) think that speaks to
1: uh, his particular voice. I think having a voice that is unique, it's a little different. He brings this high art. To a world of
2: well, he he brings another flavor,
1: another flavor, yes, yeah. and it's it's something that is he brings it down from these expressionistic. He brings something new to the world of sequential art, and I I really I like that he's he he's doing a lot with a little as far as telling a story, and and I I, I think I said before in another episode of how his work has an almost cinematic quality to it, yeah, and Guillermo de Toro is like oh this will be so much fun to adapt this to a movie and then he finds out it's so fucking hard though (laughs) like and he's he's so excited to do it he's he says here he's drooling over his line work he's he's drooling over it and he's saying I try to recreate these deep pools of blackness that appear in these vignettes and I try to do all this He, he speaks so lovingly of it but he's driven almost to madness trying to recreate it and I think that that says a lot about Mignola's style yeah
2: I agree and I think he did a great job on translating the style to the movies. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. he does it fantastic.
1: Yeah. And he even says, while um, in discussing the characters with Mike, I suggested that their fascinating uh, immutability would need to yield a more three-dimensional dramatic approach, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he says, I say this without a hint of criticism for we work in parallel but separate arenas. And so that's, you know, in the illustrated stories, Mike finds a way to give us a calm, faith. And so it's he talks about translating the two, and but he caps it off with Mignola's a genius. He's a freaking genius. This is a work of genius, and I, you know, he's he's trying to say I'm not trying to criticize anything about right. Mignola. I'm just saying that I he's drawing attention to his specific style, which I thought was was really generous. I really yeah. like that a lot. And I um, I mean, I agree. I'm not Guillermo del Toro, but I agree with all of that. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not a famous director, but I agree with that.
0: Um, also in the trade paperback, it says for Doc for Doc Savage, The Shadow, The Spider, G Eight, and the men who wrote them. So those are all um, old pulp comics from back in the day. And it says and for the original eleven and a half inch GI Joe. So I think that's like Mignola, you know, that's a sense of his childhood and kind of maybe the things that he loved when he was a kid.
2: That's that's pretty cool. Although I'm gonna stick with the three inch GI Joes myself. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, I would. Yeah, the eleven inch, 11 and a half inch ones are before my time. But I think this story features very prominently a pulp hero. So, oh, right, right. So I think that maybe that's where that uh, that's where that tribute comes from. On opening up on issue one, we get this um, poem. Right. It opens up with this poem. This is Poe's "Legia," which is an early short story by the American writer Edgar Allan Poe. First published in 1838, and the story follows an unnamed narrator and his wife, Legia, a beautiful and intelligent raven-haired woman who falls ill, and she also composes a poem called The Conqueror Worm, shortly before dying. The poem that that she composes called The Conquering Worm is a poem about human mortality and the inevitability of death, and that came out in 1845. So these are all kind of tied together. As this scene opens, we observe Lobster Johnson, right? Lobster Johnson is this pulp hero that uh, young Hellboy was reading his comics in uh, in the Midnight Circus on our last episode. Mm -hmm. And Lobster Johnson is taking out all these Nazi guards, right? And so he takes them out and then he burns this lobster symbol into their forehead,
2: also I like how like the uh beginning panels are all kind of in that uh muted one tone. It's almost like kind of black and white like you're seeing like a newsreel from the forties. Yeah.
1: This I mean, these two obviously probably have nothing to do with one another, but the that kinda reminds me of they sort of they did that with uh Bat was it Batman in the I can't remember, the Batman Superman movie.
2: Oh where he was burning he was the Bat signal on bad Yeah, guys. Yeah, that was in the that was in Oh
0: the, yeah. They did do something. I don't like know that, where but. they
1: took that from, but that kind of
0: yeah, no, I think this is a little bit more original, and he and he usually
1: no, it is in. original. I'm just saying, like that's that's just
2: that Zack Snyder ripped off. Um, uh, <laughs> <Hell> <laughs>
1: yeah, did he get that from here or like? Honestly, I, I, I don't
2: know. know. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it was like a Zorro thing. That was a weird choice. That was a that was an odd choice. It was weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I. <laughs> I don't know. It just you know, it, it's a familiar motif. We see that with yeah. Zorro, and we see that with
0: yeah. And and I think in this case, Lobster Johnson usually leaves it on dead people because it's kind of like a calling yeah. card. Like this is what's gonna if you if you're tangled up in all this, this is what's gonna happen Was to you too. Was that a
1: Scarlet Pimpernel thing? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm getting all my things mixed up now. Oh,
2: it's been so long since I read Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah, I, I, can't. I can't remember.
1: <laughs> I th- I'm thinking of something else. Just ignore me. <laughs> no, ignore but but, me ignore me but no
2: you're right I mean the whole branding thing is, a, is, is kind, kind of a, of a yeah. Yeah, so it is so kind I'm of a trope so I'm just trying to bring
1: up other examples of where we've seen I'm not saying anyone is being unoriginal at all here I'm just saying that's kind of a you know it's an interesting thing the end okay moving on
0: <laughs> Lobster Johnson approaches this castle and in there there's some fucking Nazis oh man we, we're back at <laughs> the Nazis fucking again Nazis. We, we,
2: fucking Nazis
0: we've had, we've had a break from some Nazis for a couple episodes but here they are Ugh. And they're getting ready to send this capsule out into space. Get they're, send, rid they're of them. They're talking to Doctor Oming, and they we should shoot all the Nazis into yeah. space. <laughs> do you
1: think? Do you think this Oming character is that a nod to the artist Oming?
0: Yeah, I think so. Good one there. Yeah. Oming,
1: Oming, his work has a lot of you know this sort of pulpy shadows, yeah, negative space kind of thing. Anyway, I don't
0: know. No, no, we 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 might see him pop up on a, yeah. a on a future work here so they they send the capsule into space just as they're about to launch here is the claw and lobster johnson just kind of jumps in and starts shooting everybody i just love yes. these panels where it's all the gunshots again like we talked about with the fire there's not you don't see the hail of bullets and everything it's just kind of all it's action yellow it's or whatever action, yeah. but it, it there's so much motion and yes. so much movement and it's it, it's really beautiful really beautiful panels i love this page
2: oh yeah i mean i like that i mean i enjoy that too because i mean in real life you really wouldn't see the bullets no, you yeah. know they even yeah. say like They're too fast they, they say like you won't even hear the bullet that kills you i mean no, i don't yeah. know how they test that but well they probably uh, right somewhere. and it is
1: beautiful john <laughs> destroying nazis is always beautiful yes
0: uh, after all these panels we just see that the hunt castle explodes now it's the year 2061 years later and we're 12 miles away at the BPRD headquarters number 4 so i guess they've got headquarters all over and kate's there she's talking to an agent and they're get another briefing scene so here manning is giving his briefing he mentions physicist Ernst Ohming, the Nazi Einstein and he kind of looks like Einstein there
2: uh. right well didn't i Einstein did come from like uh, that whole region and so he, he, he did was fled not a Nazi, so yeah. maybe it was just the hairstyle at the time yeah <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so it turns out oming was assassinated in 1939 but they kept his body and they took it to hunt castle along Uh, with uh, astronomers uh, astrologers and mystics from all over europe and they were planning to do some stuff up there uh they were planning on some uh something people didn't know what but they they were suspicious enough to send some of the army up there to figure it out and on march 20th which was the vernal equinox there's a little footnote about that
1: this is gonna come back in the grossest most disgusting way possible yes
0: (laughs) so uh on that day the top of the castle blew off fire spread through the castle killing everybody inside and hellboy recalls this he's like i remember that from when i was a kid that was the last lobster johnson mission and then we see that roger is behind hellboy and he's like lobster who and manning is so quick to be like don't pay (laughs) any attention to him the lobster is just this fictional whatever
1: i love the picture of the bad costume from the old movie yeah it's fantastic oh
2: it's great it's like that old uh superman or batman serials
1: so bad i love it
2: but in that uh, poster in the background, that little skull—is yeah. that the one we saw in um, is, yeah. Goodbye, uh, Mr. Todd?
0: Or yeah, no, it was no, not
1: Goodbye, Mr. Todd. It was the the Osiris. Yeah, Club. Nature of the Beast. Yeah, Nature of the Outside
0: Beast. Outside of the Osiris Club and Nature of the Beast is. That uh, but with right,
2: this right.
1: picture here, I, I can just uh, I can just visualize how the film might have gone from this one little panel. I'm sure it's just terrible. <laughs> I would love to see it.
0: Oh, it would be great. I'd love to. <laughs> But Hellboy says they weren't that bad, right? Yeah, and you yeah. Can, you can tell that he loved them as a kid.
1: It's one of those. It's one of those pictures where like, well, they all talk like this. Everybody's <laughs> talking like this. It's fantastic.
0: But Hellboy does recall that a lot of mobsters in the '30s were found dead with a lobster's claw burned into their foreheads. And there were rumors of weirder stuff. Nice. And we see this uh, this strange, uh, so out of context brain.
2: I, I love these uh, mobster names. They're like what? Oh, uh, right. Vinny the String, Skinny Joe Lincoln, Zuko Banana. <laughs> so
0: dumb. I like that. Yeah, these are great.
2: That's some very Dick Tracy names right yeah. there.
0: So there is a little backup story that does feature Lobster Johnson fighting this brain. Maybe we should have covered it before uh, before now, but we'll go back and talk Too about it on our, that. on our next episode. It's not really super important uh, to Too this story. Too late for you. But I, but I like this little reference to it. But yeah. we, we will definitely come back to that story another time.
1: So there's a, there's a comment.
0: So they NASA thought that there was a comet coming uh coming down, but since then it's changed course Poor a couple of times.
1: He's really just hoping this is space junk.
0: And Manning is like, if you'll look at this enlargement Well he's and like
1: these how- like these idiots they they shot something into space and it's crashing, right? Please tell me that's what's happening. And so the guy's just like nope. It's altering its course, and Hellboy's so sad.
2: He's like, damn it.
1: I'm going to have to fight fucking Nazis again.
0: Well, yeah, they they zoom in on the capsule, and it's got a swastika on the side, so they know that it's Nazi shit. Manning also says that it's the official position of the United States that there was no Lobster Johnson, end of story. So he makes a point (laughs) to tell Hellboy that as well. All right. See,
2: when I read that, I was just like, he's lying.
0: This guy
1: (laughs) is next to useless, really.
0: So no one really knows what happened at Hunt Castle, but it looks like they were trying to start this pa- this space program. And now that this capsule is coming down and it's going to be landing near Hunt Castle, Manning wants Hellboy and Roger to check it out. We know that they've already had a little adventure since we've read Being Human. Roger quickly catches on on why he wants them to send him, right? He says... Because we are the most indestructible. Yeah. And I also noticed Roger doesn't have a coat anymore, right? We right. saw we, he, we saw his short-lived adventure with a coat, so now he's just got this uh, like vest or whatever.
2: Seems very practical. It's got the pockets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots of pouches. Lots of 90s pouches on there.
2: But at least they look like they have purpose. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. At least they actually put stuff in there.
0: So Manning is sending them with Laura Karnstein, who's Austrian secret police.
1: Oh, uh, that's that sounds good. What yeah, a good idea. What a
0: good idea. So they have a little moment outside where Roger's like, call me Roger, please. And we notice, I don't know if you guys have, have noticed this. I mean, we've seen him so many times, but he's got like on his crotch, he's just got like a block with a ring on it, right? Like that's...
2: <laughs> it's kind of hard to miss. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we haven't really talked about that, but uh, I, I just find that hilarious.
1: And like, I think there's an argument like, to be made that he can't possibly put on a pair of pants with that there. But <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. Kilt.
0: Oh, I don't hey. know. But hey. If hey look, look he, he would if look he prefers, good with one.
1: If he prefers to to rock it in the nude, that's fine. It's all good. <laughs> I like <laughs> I I like this little exchange here where like you were saying, he he's just call me Roger, please. And he's being perfectly pleasant. Yeah. He's a perfectly kind individual, but these two assholes over here are just like being such jerks oh it's like working for the goddamn circus. oh yeah well dude shut the fuck up this guy's just doing his job he's he's being very chill I don't you're you're lucky hate. you
0: don't have to go up to the castle jerkwad
1: yeah man he's right? doing all the fucking heavy lifting here
2: quit shit
0: talking i know <laughs> so manning asked to speak with hellboy privately when Abe brought Roger back, his power immediately started fading. So they put a, an, an electronic generator in there to keep him alive. And we have this one little panel that kind of references back to Abe Sapien right. versus science. I like that little panel. It just kind of tells the whole story yeah. just in that one little frame.
1: It's 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 always a relief to read a Mignola story because you know the exposition isn't going to be torturous. It's not right. going to beat yeah. you over the head or drag you through the mud. It's just... it's. It's going to tell you the story and trust that you know how to read a fucking story. It's not going to... Like, you know how you you watch some of these movies sometimes, you read some of these books where they explain something three different fucking times. Right. And and you're like, I get it. I understand. (laughs) He's a fucking homunculus. We get it. Anyway, so that was... It's always a relief to see stuff like that. But anyway talking about this guy yeah he's a fucking jerk so Fuck this guy
0: he reveals to hellboy that they've put a failsafe device into roger wow, hellboy's just like excuse asshole. me an incendiary bomb just large enough to and he's like excuse me and you can kind of really see how like pissed off he's getting oh right yeah that he, moment. He, he definitely yells at him on
2: that i can line.
1: hear ron perlman <laughs> excuse <in> me <laughs> this. i can hear ron perlman here
0: and uh, we recount the previous adventures with Roger, you know. Hellboy's like, you know, he was he was abandoned in that uh, Romanian basement. And when Liz zapped him alive, he freaked out a little bit. He also talks about how he saved all these people in Almost Colossus by burning his brother and then bringing Liz back to
1: life. He sacrificed his own life. He didn't know that he was going to get brought back to life. Yeah. He, he, he sacrificed his life knowing that he would die, not knowing if he would ever get another chance of being alive again and i feel like that's you know what i mean it's none of this is his fault none of this is his fault so it's i don't know this guy's being a fucking
2: i mean it's like when he when he killed the agent at the um in that one story it was just like maybe he thought he was
1: being attacked
2: and and it was like you know an accident he'd been dormant for 500 years (laughs) he
1: had been asleep for a million years and so it's I, don't
0: know. I think Hellboy makes a good point too. Here he talks about how Liz burned 32 people to death.
1: Yeah. He points what? out the grim reality that Liz right. burned 32 people to death at the age of 11. So why doesn't she have a bomb strapped to her? And the guy's like, oh, but Liz is human. I'm th-. And I'm thinking to myself in this moment, Abe isn't human. Neither is Hellboy. And on the very next page, Hellboy brings that up. He's like, uh, I'm not yeah. human. I'm a fucking demon. So when are you going
0: to put a bomb on me? Yeah. And so Hellboy just storms off. Manning is watching him through the window and one of the guy tries to call out to him and he's like, never bother him when he's got that look on his face. And you can kind of see for all the irritating simplicity or whatever, you can really see on Hellboy. He does look like he's definitely annoyed. But that's after why that. it's irritating is that as yeah. <laughs> quote unquote simple.
1: And I don't, I don't, I actually wouldn't, I wouldn't describe Mignola's art style as simple. I, I think that it's, it's just different. And it, it I would
2: At, I would say more like minimalist.
1: Yeah, maybe minimalist, and maybe maybe not even that. I don't know, but it's irritating in that he captures so much emotion with seemingly yeah. such a small amount of shapes. I don't know. I, I can tell Mignola works hard on his page, and I've seen his pencil work it, very involved. Right. And, I mean, he's a he's a very
0: he colors in all those black. He labors he colors all the over
1: himself. his work. Yes, and he he really. He puts a lot of time and effort to it. You can see all the detail, but it's irritatingly simplistic. It just is, yeah.
0: <laughs> Even Kate tries to talk to him, and he's like, not now, Kate. I'll talk to you when I get back. So he's really in a mood here. We know how close him and Kate but are. he
1: does express himself in a healthy way. He doesn't snap at her or yell yeah. at her. And I, I feel like it's important to mention <laughs> that he says, he, he's, he, ex, he expresses himself very well. He says, not right now, Kate. I'll talk to you later. And it's, you know, I would rather that than you know getting into a big fight so i think that that's really nice of him that he can even when he's angry he can calm himself enough to talk to his friends in a loving manner which is nice
2: oh yeah and i'm, I'm pretty sure they've probably gone through situations like this before right. he's like oh he's pissed about something he needs to cool they give him his space. He, they he's give gonna, him his space yeah we'll talk about it later
1: yeah so he's but that's another part of being human right yeah Is kind of navigating these these interpersonal relationships and so This one guy's solution, as opposed to talking about it like a normal fucking person, his solution is to strap a bomb to somebody. Right. And I don't know, guys, that doesn't really seem like the first thing you should go to. (laughs) Maybe that's sort of a last resort. I don't know. So Hellboy
0: meets up with Karnstein and Roger and he's like, yeah, let's get the hell out of here. He's had it with all this. He's ready to just get on with it. Back in Manning's office, a lobster... A uh, claw mm. card falls falls down right, and it says fiction question mark right. So that's a that's a little interesting, interesting fiction. little mm-hmm.
2: knew that guy was lying. Yeah, oh,
1: man.
0: <laughs> Laura Constein with Hellboy and Roger tells him about her childhood, how she dared to go to Hunt Castle even though it was supposed to be haunted by Rubizol. Um, this is a folklore mountain spirit, and yeah. she's and so she talks about. A terrible shape-changing giant, sometimes a woodcutter, sometimes a donkey. And Roger's like in the back. He's like, my brother brother was a giant. giant. (laughs) (laughs) That was cute. And we get some great animal shots here, right? There's like a hawk and a a rabbit. And then if you're watching, then the hawk takes the rabbit. And then the next panel is eating the rabbit on the next page.
2: Oh, crap. I didn't notice that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like. I feel like that's kind of almost an ominous little background detail yes. of things that are that are about to go on here. So as they're walking up the mountainside, they come across a stranger who tells them to turn back. He says ghosts will come down from the castle and cause them to fall and drink their blood. I really like this description. Their voices all run together into a single scream. So he says that the sound of the wind is all their voices run together into a single stream. Hellboy says that he seems to know a lot, and he says that he was there, and he reveals his—he's got this he's got old Nazi, Nazi, on. Yeah, Nazi uniform on there, and
1: swastika. And I love how Hellboy just yells out "Nazi!" and he, and just, he just, just starts just wailing, goes on him. into a punching frenzy.
2: I think he has the perfect reaction. Yeah,
1: it is the <laughs> perfect reaction to seeing a Nazi, and uh, you know, he he immediately enters smash mode which is uh (laughs) it's starting to it's starting to tie all these stories together yeah
0: karnstein says to roger to get hellboy out of there and she checks on the old man and he's like girl i know you and she just shoots him merciful and she says as she's walking away merciful death consider that a reward for good service in days gone by so if he had a nazi uniform and she's saying good service, right? Yeah, That's she's kind a... of telling us as the reader that she's not uh, maybe she's not on the level. Right. I
1: mean, I don't know. I could kind of tell like someone we've never seen before joining the party at the last minute. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on, guys.
0: And and then immediately we know that for sure because she lies to Hellboy and Rogers. They, she's She says he's bruised liar. up a little bit, even though she just shot him. Hellboy says, "Sorry about that. I have a particular problem with Nazis and she says, "I know I've read your file and he's kind of surprised by that. He says, "You have on the next page we see that stranger get up he 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 rises even though he's just been shot twice, and on the inside of his jacket we see a very familiar yeah. um a very familiar hmm. symbol
1: and they get to the castle and Hellboy is still harping on those goddamn yeah. <laughs> Nazis, which as any of us would be yeah because what the fuck why are they always building horrible castles in the frozen wastelands yeah like, why
2: didn't they just steal those castles from other people fucking ass oh yeah i guess so right fucking i don't know fucking pricks
0: <laughs> laura leads hellboy and roger up the castle and hellboy starts to become really suspicious at that point she doesn't listen to them when hellboy calls her back and we see those crosshairs So we already know that something's up, right? Maybe at first we think that it might be somebody trying to shoot her, but quickly we realize that it's meant for Hellboy and Roger. Hellboy also says that she couldn't have read his file, right? So I wonder if his like maybe his files are classified, right? Maybe it's not like the Austrian police can't just get falls on hellboy yeah i don't
1: know
2: yeah i mean it it just seemed kind of suspicious i mean
0: roger and hellboy start getting shot at and and roger just falls off the cliff hellboy tries to help him up and i really like that panel where roger is kind of holding on to the right hand of doom his like fingertips are kind of slipping off there and roger ends up going down
1: and hellboy goes after this uh this gun that's a damn mini gun
0: this is one of the best pages i really th- this is one of the the best howboy pages i i really enjoy the way that this is drawn and just all the dialogue too where at the bottom he says goddamn gun that fires by itself that's crap as he like just <laughs> smashes it i can really hear the you know yeah. uh, the uh, how he would say that
1: so he's he's uh, investigating yet another fucking hole in the ground here
0: yeah, and we get some of these like kind of mood establishing shots with the creepy statues, and we...
1: another Frankenstein monkey—not monkey, Frankenstein ape, whatever the hell this thing is.
0: Yeah, so we've seen we we, we saw uh, Brutus in uh, one of those four-page promotional stories, and this one kind of looks like it. I just want to point out right before he sees the monkey, he sees a dead U.S. soldier. And and the soldier tells him it's a trap. So he tries to warn him, like, right beforehand. But he's a little too late. This panel with um, the monkey...
2: Well, hold on. Do you think he uh, said it like uh, Admiral Akbar? It's a trap!
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I don't think that movie had come out yet.
2: (laughs) Oh, had to.
0: Nothing
1: like a hackneyed joke.
0: (laughs) But... uh, this panel where the the ape is about to hit Hellboy, I really love how it's emerging out of the shadows. Again, you know, they, you we, we can't say more about how well Mignola uses the, these shadows to give this yeah. just sense of impending doom. And so we reveal Herman von Klempt. Oh, man, this guy again, right? Oh, this when, guy. I, I thought this guy blew up Ugh. when everything went down at a, in Norway. Yeah. When Zinko hit the button and they all blew up. So we see Herman von Klempf. We should have suspected that he was around when we saw the ape, and we and we reveal that he's in cahoots with this uh, with this Laura Karnstein. Ugh. Rogers stuck out on the mountainside. We see this man standing there, and then we see this box with a swastika on it buzzing. And now we go to chapter two von klemp and his ape have trapped hellboy and they're shocking him with this device
1: and all this exposition about yeah yeah hellboy
0: says he stopped von klemp in macapa in 1959 and so recall in wake the devil when zinko found uh von klemp's head that's where he said he found it was in brazil
2: and even references that uh the, the gorilla was sucking the spinal fluid out of that girl
0: oh right yeah you're exactly
1: right he's talking about all these old projects and this little parrot here
0: yeah i really like the panels that show all his overgrown projects in in brazil um i really like the macaw is that a macaw yeah it's a macaw it's a macaw and the frog and you can just see all these works all overgrown um they're probably like all covered with moss and stuff
2: like that i really like those panels it looks like he's got a Battle tank robot thing. Yeah, this
1: old robot. It looks like an old robot toy. Right. Attached to a tank.
2: Kind of like, what is that? Robbie the Robot from the 1950s. Except there's a
1: horrible swastika on it. Anyway.
0: There's a great flashback where she goes, I heard you were involved with something up north. Did it go well? And we just cut to Kurtz when he was smashing him with that giant wrench? (laughs) Death for you. Ah. And he's like, No, not too well. It ended badly, and I returned to South America so that that's where he went after that all right and so he returned to germany he went to his underground lab that was under a cemetery and there he started building all his new works his granddaughter notices this man so this cuffed man that we kind of saw a teaser image of at the end of issue one is standing there von klem says we found him when we arrived. we have no idea who he is and we can't make him talk so you can have him my dear he says do it and she just shoots him and he's like excellent so they just decide to kill this guy but as they walk away they see um that the cuffs start moving right so he, he's still alive or, or something and he and von klemp also mentions that they send two men out to find roger you know roger fell off the cliffside, and they really wanted to get him so they could study him or whatever so von klempt has sent some soldiers out there to get him but we see
1: what happens to them pretty quickly the the lobster johnson here he's branding him and, and uh, he's come
2: to inflict justice
1: roger pretty much knows who he is immediately so he's yeah he's inflicting some justice here
2: oh, he's like beware my claw and then
1: we get we get the thing with roger saying ah but you just shot these guys there was they didn't yeah. have and he's like yeah but they're fucking assholes they're nazis <laughs> like they're nazis the only thing to do when you see a Nazi is to shoot them. Like, right, that's literally the only thing you can do with a Nazi.
0: And it even zooms in on the swastika symbol. You just shoot um, them. So he's, you know, according to Lobster Johnson, they're just mad dogs, and that—that's what you do when, when when you see one of them.
1: I wouldn't. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't even shoot a dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't shoot dogs.
2: No, no. I was going to say, yeah, I wouldn't equate a Nazi to dog. I wouldn't equate <laughs> a Nazi
1: to a dog. Dogs are awesome. Yeah,
2: dogs are great. Dogs are fantastic people. <laughs> hey, well,
0: Hellboy had little Mac the dog. We talked about exactly. him last week. So yeah. I think
1: that, yeah, I mean, this series deals with a lot of different monsters, and this is just another one of them, yeah. as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. And so uh, Lobster Johnson mentions how Roger fell from the cliff and how was he able to live through that? Roger's like, I was grown in a jar in an alchemist's laboratory and brought to life by a bolt of lightning. And right. he's just like, good enough. He's like, okay. So they partner up and they go up the mountainside and Lobster Johnson talks about how Laura Constein, her real name is Inger von Klempt. She's the granddaughter of the Nazi doctor Hermann von Klempt, who we all know already. And he was the only survivor of the Hunt Castle disaster, and so we see kind of a flashback to that earlier scene. Only survivor, weren't you there? Don't you mean the only Nazi survivor? And Lobster Johnson is like, of course. Right. So that's a little mysterious, and we'll we'll come back to that later. I do want to talk about that. Roger is a little worried about Hellboy, and not without reason, because as Lobster Johnson says, Von Klempt is a monster. Cut to Hellboy just being shocked.
1: So then they're going up. They're making their way up the mountain here. All the the animals are all like get the fuck out of here go get out yes go back I,
0: I i don't know what it is in a lot of mignola's uh, pages it'll be the last three bottom panels are just like yeah really good it's almost like i guess that's the way that well obviously that's the way the page is supposed to flow but i love these bottom panels with the rat His and the sense snake of timing and, and then that close of roger's is, face yes yeah. fantastic yeah
1: and then when he sees all of this nazi experiments they're not quite homunculi they're they're, there's a similar concept, but he says they're nothing like me.
0: Right. And so, as Roger and Lobster Johnson are investigating this lab, something starts happening with the electricity, right? Things start lighting up, but as they're lighting up, Roger is kind of becoming more paralyzed. Yeah,
1: he's not having a good time.
0: Roger says that the machines feel cheated. They want to live. So, he even talked about how he could sense what Liz felt right. as she approached him. So, it's like he's got this kind of extra sensory. Power with like electricity as far or as lightning are, or, like or a life fire force yeah kind of a deal and they're taking the life out of him and R- lobster johnson is like all right then come and taste the lobster's claw and uh he, he he's ready to to, to, to for whatever is going to happen
2: that uh catchphrase is so 1940s <laughs> yeah i
0: love that
1: so they cutting back to these nazi fucking assholes they uh they're talking about well at least the launch is successful yeah it costs a few lives but you know that's nothing in the long run this is just history and she's kind of like okay sure all right but that's you know there's something behind that with him he's going to reveal all of that a little bit later but we haven't seen the 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 full scope of that right. yet
0: and um i love how we cut back to lobster johnson just screaming and yeah. shooting um, one of the best, one of the best Mignola panels right here, really in great. my opinion. I I just love these shots. Uh, we're gonna cut, get a couple of just Lobster Johnson shooting these these monsters. They look really great. I love just that orange background and the blam blam. Um, it just uh, creates a very kind of cinematic looking image.
1: And then here, Roger decides to live. I will not let these things take my life. They're just machines. I'm more than a machine, right? So he's it's- talking again to his quote-unquote humanity
0: he starts drawing the power personhood
1: personhood i guess and and again i
0: just i hate to i just got i just love this panel with lobster johnson at the bottom and just the two the two eyes and it's all the rest of it is in is just silhouette the ones that we've had on these last uh, three pages have just been really awesome
1: well and you we talk a lot about the pacing in this in this book but it's I mean, it is what it is. It's just good.
0: Yeah, it's cutting back and forth really well, it's very keeping us involved with the pacing. action. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: And you can even definitely see the uh, difference between this uh, four issue story and the uh, short stories we just read, where they were all just bam, bam, bam. This mm-hmm. one, you get a lot of like, you know, you know, a lot of shots without even dialogue, and it's just kind. of, yes. But you can still see it just move quick. Yeah,
1: right, right. The moments he gives, he gives these moments that really breathe. But like you said, they they keep going at quite a rapid pace and it's that's wonderful
0: yeah well i think this is a good example of that there's this panel where just showing that everything's dead all the power has gone out and so roger has releasing
1: that cable yeah
0: roger has sucked all the energy from the generator
1: another shout out to the colorist as well because these these few panels here are they're they're really brilliantly done i really like them
0: we cut back to Hellboy and the monkey and so now that all the power is gone that he can't continue to shock him anymore and so Hellboy and him have a pretty good fight and I think that this is a next our next right hand of doom boom right (laughs) here at the bottom as Hellboy smashes him through the wall um, and they both kind of fall through so much for you he says
1: and we're about to figure out what the deal is with this guy and I have to say I (laughs) this moment here. Are these these few moments here really got me? They so really got
0: yeah, me. I, I, I'm glad you're you're going to talk about this because this scrambled my brain. yeah I think the the first time that I read this, I was like, wait a minute, because when you're reading Seed of Destruction, there's that weird scene with the aliens, and you're just yeah. kind of like, okay, what is this? That's really struck. And me you too. just kind of move on. Yeah. They never come back to it. We've read. We've had a couple episodes. We've never come back to it. I think and it's then, a
1: fantastic way So here we are. Thing, go, yeah. go ahead.
0: Uh, talk a little bit well, about he's
1: this. Well, ha- he, us like, who's there? And the guy says a friend, which is surprising because they were really freaked out, right? When he first appeared ah, from people, yeah and he's yeah He's like, oh, I called down this demon from hell. And these guys were like, fuck, what are we going to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Ogre Jihad is like shaking what's happening. And so he he's talking about, I never thought I'd see you again, but now I see the wisdom of it. And it's mysterious, but... We thought. Well, I'll just say what it, what's here. Uh, I was there when you came into the world. I was posing as a soldier, but I was an assassin come to kill you. So he's like, we gotta fucking get rid of this guy. But he said, I saw something else in you—free will, the chance that you could break the bounds of fate and choose a life. And I broke with my masters and let you live. And I watched the lilies grow out of your spilled blood in Saint Leonard's Wood. That story that we read on—Yeah, nature of the beast episode. And I knew I had done the right thing. So this is tying back into that whole idea of free will and personhood and what he quote unquote humanity really means. Like you don't have to be a human to be worthy of life and worthy of choosing your own fate and worthy of interacting with the world at large to create something that's bigger than the collective around you. That's that's to do something that's that's worthy of existence, I guess. And so... He's talking about how, uh, let's see, he, he, gives, he gives us some exposition, which I think, hey, this character is as good as any for an exposition vehicle. He talks about these beings in space. They're invisible. They're like these space ghosts, and they drift around, and they can't wait to celebrate the downfall of man. They want to they wanna devour all light and life and all this shit, but he says they've always called out to man. In the past, there were humans who could hear them, who could communicate with them. But these were humans of a rare sensitivity of mind, yeah. and how these dull evil men managed to do that, I don't know. I wonder if we'll find out. Yeah, dun dun dun. <laughs> and anyway, they did all this stuff, and they sent a man to space, and you get this great shot of this rocket. And Hellboy's here, is like possession by space ghosts. I don't know. And he goes, "Yeah, but you know, they sent a dead guy up there, and you find out, oh, this man is dead. This the Nazis sent a dead man an empty vessel." His body was specially prepared for this purpose. Someone's recalled this trap. Right. Right. And so this is this is the whole mystery behind the capsule. It's coming back to Earth. And he is explaining, you've encountered these species before and all these things.
0: Right. From the goodbye, Mr. Right, Todd. Right, right. So, which we talked about uh, last week.
1: And so he's here to reveal, I'm going to help you stop it. Here's a little deus ex machina for you. Here's a little thing. It's
0: okay. like a so it's a little fire and then it turns into like a, it's a rectangular like a par- parallelogram or something yeah. I don't know uh, like a little block yeah yeah
1: so he says my time is is nearly run out and whatever form it takes it's a phantom the body is just a tool it can craft it from it's con- it can be constructed from the dead from materials in the air anything right. it can consume so I'm out of here and you look and it's that alien guy
0: right
2: yeah
1: and that. Fucking blew my mind. It's one of those alien. He's. I, I recognized it immediately, though, from yeah. the story.
2: Oh yeah, same here. Like everything you just said. I mean, like when I was reading that, everything blew my mind. Oh, all of you it know, was so mind blowing. Connecting yeah. back through, pretty much almost everything yes. we've read. and yeah. so this,
1: just these few pages were so valuable. The storytelling device is so clever, and I just, I love the way Mignola just leaves us with. It's so matter of fact. It is in the way he talks. If you read, <laughs> if you read his interviews or see any of his interviews, his I feel like his writing style is the same way. It's succinct, and he he leaves you just with a mind blown. And he goes, yeah. "Look, Roger, dead alien." And this whole panel right here, just the the way the alien is positioned, it's just so matter of fact that you just yeah.
0: <sighs> wow,
1: can't handle it yeah i loved it i loved it i'm
0: so glad that you guys liked that i just want to go back a little bit yeah no go ahead to that I, little... I, I sort of
1: blew through it just to get to that no you moment, did a, you did but... a
0: great job of it i just wanted to talk about that little panel of the little hellboy yeah um we get a good little detail mignola detail on that baby hellboy with the crown of the apocalypse over his head and
1: his face his his facial expression he's just a little baby yeah and he recognized that he saw that and he's, he realized, I can't do this. I cannot kill this little baby who hasn't done anything wrong. Right. He watched him, though. He kept an eye on him to yeah. make sure that he did the right thing. He found out he did the right thing because he could see in his deeds that this was someone who had a higher purpose than just to be assassinated. Well, this just, is not, and yeah. just like
0: we talked about on Nature of the Beast, because of the nature of the person... And the nature nature of of the place. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that that tells us about Hellboy's true nature also. So Hellboy talks to Roger, and Roger uh, tells him that he was, uh, he fell down the mountain and ran to Lobster Johnson. But when he turns around, he's not there.
2: Like a Hellboy says, geez, what'd you do with him?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so they go to find the bad guys before things get any worse around here. Back at the Hunt Castle, we get all this weird light in. I guess the capsule is approaching, and Von Klemm says, "Welcome home, Doctor Oming. And now we're on to chapter three. It's later at night now, and Rogers asking Hellboy how the little block works, the the little weapon. Um, he doesn't know what to do with it, but he'll he's sure that they'll figure it out. And so they go off. There's a lot of cool lightning shots. Did you want? Were you going to say something about? I was just say
2: how, like he said um what he said like I I didn't think to ask how that thing worked.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just I just figured when the time comes we'll know what to do with it, and that's another. I feel like that's another callback to uh, – it was illustrated really well in, again, that same story that um, with the lilies. What was it called?
0: Nature of the Beast. Nature
1: of the Beast, where they were watching him, and they were like, oh, well, we were kind of wrong about this guy. Well, he just sort of – that is – the nature of Hellboy. He stumbles into a situation. He figures it out as he goes. He does, Right. He does his best.
0: So, yeah, he's got the block. He knows that it's supposed to work. So we'll figure it out when we yeah. get there.
1: And that kind of is how these things tend to go. He just there's no rule book for any of this. He's just going to have to figure it out.
0: As the capsule approaches, Von Klemm tells Inger to, to put on her gas mask.
2: Oh, going back to what you were saying just a second ago. Yeah, all these lightning shots are amazing. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and the capsule opens. I love the onomatopoeia of spang as oh, the little yeah. thing comes <laughs> up. Spang.
1: You can hear that.
0: Yeah. And the capsule just starts spilling out all this like green Ugh. air or whatever. It
2: almost looks like the capsule is just vomiting out yeah. the monster. <laughs>
0: and um, this breath yeah von klemp is like i was wondering how this would work and it starts turning all the men into these um reptile men or something and Inger immediately has like the real reaction she's just like oh my god what have i done yeah. what have i done like you know um so many times the villains like we, i think we've talked about this in other episodes like why do they think that they're going to be able to why
1: do they think do this anything is gonna be with good? these
0: powers yeah what did
1: you think was going to happen idiot
0: von klemp sees that hellboy is there with roger to kind of mess up their plans and he like kind of shoots a blast at him so this was kind of like the first time that i've kind of seen von klemp's powers he's got like some powers where he's able to shoot something and he kind of knocks them both down
1: here comes lobster johnson
0: lobster johnson appears only but he only appears in front of roger now because hellboy has fallen down and so he tells roger uh, that he has to destroy the space capsule Roger says, we'll do it together. But Lobster Johnson says, no, this battle is yours alone. Prove yourself.
1: So we got all these gross monsters coming after Roger now.
0: Yeah. But right before that, Roger says to Lobster Johnson, what about the girl? And he says, trust me, she oh, will pay. And yeah. he goes, good enough. Which was the same thing that Lobster Johnson told him yeah. earlier. So I just thought that, that was oh, yeah, that's funny. a good, nice little thing. Yeah. We, we we, get a lot of Roger is just kind of like he doesn't really know how to be. So a lot of times he just copies who he's with. Yeah, that's really
1: interesting. And so I, 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 I
0: kind of caught that here where he says good enough, which was what Lobster that's Johnson said catch. to him earlier that's anyway. A good catch. So yeah, Roger has to fight all these like reptile men. And so he does a pretty good job, um, of, of going up against them.
2: They kind of look like reptile monkeys. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ingrid has ran away from all this, and she hears all the spirits there calling for revenge. We cut back to Roger fighting the monsters. And then we cut again to uh, Hellboy and Von and Von Klempt, and Von Klempt is kind of doing a almost like an Emperor Palpatine, like just shooting him yeah, with this like he- lightning and- or power or something.
1: And Hellboy's uh, had enough with these apes here. He's, he's had enough.
0: With uh, them. Yeah. So we talked about that. We keep saying monkeys, and so as he knocks Von Klemps off, he kind of corrects him there. He's like apes.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I like how like he's like enough with the goddamn monkeys they were monkeys right. <laughs> he's all like leave the monkeys alone yeah apes
0: and so as he knocks off his head von klemp says you've guessed my secret and he's like uh, what secret i know you're just ahead i like he, how
1: often do you have to change the water in there
0: yeah that's Gross. a great line and he's just like cretin um but we reveal that you know that the classic von klemp that we've been seen in our other stories is has is hidden inside the body
1: So Hellboy is falling through yet another stone floor.
0: Yeah, and it looks like Roger is also falling back as well. No, well, Roger is is, uh, just being beaten down by the reptile people. And
1: we've got a... This is not a good situation.
0: No, so we reveal this conquer worm, right? It's this like kind of giant ectoplasmic pillar that's that's growing out of this capsule and it looks uh truly horrible um <laughs> as we look at it and it's kind of saying some language that's similar to the language that we saw the ogdruja yeah. had saying in the pit so it's related to all this kind of uh these beasts that we've seen in in other stories uh down where hellboy has fallen through he kind of glimpses this what looks like a table with a bunch of men yeah. around it in this like creepy place there's like a bunch of weird symbolism there uh,
1: and he's he spies a uh he opens this little radio cabinet and he says this is the worst place on earth yeah sure. so because he the- sees all the ancient shaman minds hooked up to the communication device and that was they were gathering all these people that's how they were so
0: yeah he said earlier you know there used to be humans that were sensitive to it he doesn't know how these humans were able to communicate so here we see they kind of have all these and this is the
1: worst this is the worst (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is the worst hellboy really encapsulates that for sure and, and
0: so, uh, uh, this is just one of my favorite pages this page is actually the background of my phone when you open my phone it's just it's just got this uh, whole page and i really love that line ugh. it's very appropriate
1: so then we he gets into yet another fight with these goddamn nazi frankenstein yeah. monkeys
0: and he's just he's tired of it and we get a we get another right hand of doom boom right here as he's punching him.
1: That's a direct quote, by the way. Yes, that listeners. is. Listeners, a, that's, a a, <laughs> that's not just me cussing again. That's that's a quote from the <laughs> the book itself. So these shambling guys come up from the table and they're they're shambling towards Hellboy and Hellboy's had a, enough of it and he's like, "What the hell did you idiots do here?" Where's the thing? He's he's going for a grenade. He's had enough and he's burning all this shit up.
0: Yeah, so that's the way that they were communicating with that So that's over the bottomless pit or whatever. That so so canceled. he's he's cut that off now.
2: Yeah. Oh he's all like, Oh, this is just stupid. Screw it. Where's that? Pulls the grenade out. So
1: we've <laughs> got
0: So Von uh, yeah.
1: So we've got this uh guy... what the hell is So Von Clamped
0: he yeah. he finds anger. And he, she asked what he did with her men, but he's like, you know, you know, they turned into these frog people, and um, they've evolved. That, that's what he calls it, into the final great race of man.
1: And then the worm is the ultimate destroyer. There's no end to his hunger. He's going to keep growing and growing. And she's like, right. So the- how did you think you were going to control that? And he's like, no, I'm not going to control it. She's like, what? She doesn't understand. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, no, it's just going to eat everything.
0: Yeah, we have a flashback where he talks about how he was thinking, what's the purpose of life? Why should he go on? Everything that he had tried had been ruined. And we see flashbacks to um, World War II. We see the Brazil. We see uh, Cronin and Kurtz. And he wasn't left with anything until the angel of death called out to him, "Herman von Klemp, you are chosen. And it's got a blue word bubble there we yeah. i think that's familiar we've we've seen that
1: before kind of, i think it indicates sort of a magic yeah communication and so it's like you know oming in the the that just the just the visual of the, a dead astronaut being shot into space to be a vessel for creepy alien life forms it's so creepy it's so creepy <laughs> and so the worm is he just wants it to destroy everything his breath changes man, and he consumes them everywhere. There's no escaping the worm. And so his breath turns everybody into these monsters, and then he eats them all. And he gets bigger and bigger. And he bigger. gets bigger and bigger. He's going to tower over this wasteland he's made. He's going to call out to the stars that it's been accomplished. And they're the all these children of the Agju Jihad are going to wake up, and the Agju Jihad is going to wake up, and gonna cast off their chains and burn the whole earth and it's gonna be the end of the earth and all this shit this crazy and uh, meanwhile we're looking at all this post-apocalyptic it's horrific yeah we see we see
0: the earth just a ball of kind of ash or whatever it's also pretty cool yeah it's pretty
1: cool so uh you know all this is happening and she's she's like well why 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 the gas mask then you know like are you trying to save me and he's like no it's just so you know To preserve your human mind so that you could fully appreciate the end. And I just thought I was like... I was thinking, like, that's fucked up. But at the same time, it is kind of a waste to not actually be able to see the ogre world and all that. (laughs) Like, If it was already happening. Right. It's already happening. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Then, like, you'd want to see it, right? I don't know. So... There's something so fucked up about that that I just couldn't ignore. Yeah, like, oh well, and God. she takes off her
0: mask and, and she's a... she's half changed under there. She's she's becoming, but not quite like they are. But she's
1: yeah. a and uh, what, what were you, She's a reptile monster. Yeah, she's but becoming... she has her human mind. Right. Still. It's yeah. Weird.
0: She's not as far gone as as they are, probably because of the gas mask. And she just says Rubazol, which is the the creature that she thought was haunting that place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that that's a pretty awesome reveal. I was kinda like Yeah Man, that's fucked up when I first read (laughs) this
1: guy is fucked up.
2: Oh yeah, it's totally fucked up. And it's also kinda like a weird um change in his position because wasn't he the one in um what was it, Wake the Devil saying like to Clint like why would you want to burn the world now when you just take this army now and go but now he's all like, fuck now it. Now I, I want to burn it all yeah. right to fucking hell.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. And, and we're going to we'll, we'll talk about that more. Issue four. So now going into issue four, Roger is there laying in, in front of the Conquer Worm. Um, and, Hel- Hellboy comes for him. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, like, all of this stuff with Roger, you know, we've, that we've been going through in the story. It, it really kind of reiterates what I was trying to say about just that theme of being... Other than human, but not being lesser,
2: Just
1: right? Because you're not human doesn't mean that you're not, you know, worthy of being alive and being able to make your own choices, and doesn't mean that you're not a good person. Yeah, like Hellboy and Abe are not human, but they're good people, and so this, you know, we get we we're seeing throughout this whole story the quote unquote humanness of Roger and why he's worthy of being included even though he's not a person. And I think that, or he's a person, but he's not human, is what I mean. So that's, I feel like the story really illustrates that really well, and yeah, it does a good job of doing that.
2: Well, it's like, you know, just because you're not homo sapien doesn't mean you're not a a person. A person, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I think that, so far, this story is doing a fantastic job of of illustrating that point to us.
2: And it also a good way to to point out, like, um, the people who are not, like, the humans, you know, like Hellboy and Roger and Liz—they're
1: doing all the heavy lifting.
2: Yeah, well, they're they're also <laughs> all the good people and the people who are the quote unquote humans, or I guess they are humans, are like the Nazis and they're the
0: ones doing
1: all the evil shit. Well, even
2: no, but
0: even Manning put the bomb into Roger. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah,
1: and like why? why shouldn't we strap a bomb to that guy?
0: Yeah. And we saw the agents kind of making fun of Roger saying they, they thought they were they in were a goddamn circus. Exactly. So exactly. So even, yeah, even the people that are human are kind of, they're not really uh, great people. They're, they're, they're not of moral maybe quality right. or, um,
1: so this story, the story, I think completely illustrates that point in depth and does a great job of it. And so that was just, yeah, just going back to my original point earlier. I think that that's, that's yeah. the only reason why I was saying all that stuff Yeah. Because yeah. Because I, that's, how i feel about this story does such a fantastic job right you know it drives the point home in such a good way that i it's complete for me yeah it gets it gets it gets me there
0: gets the message across um but it's probably good that roger is not a human in this scene because that's why the 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 conquer worm left him it it didn't consume him like it did all the other reptile men it It just tossed him aside like garbage and hellboy's like i wouldn't take it personally and he signed of lobster johnson and he was like well he was here and so they, they, they take the device and they're ready to go and as soon as Hellboy unleashes this little block, the the worm starts going crazy. And, he and so like that, yeah. he realizes that that it was working, and Hellboy's like, You were right, Roger, that's a big ass worm. <laughs> <laughs> but oh no, the the body of Von Klemp even with the head out of it comes out of the ground and starts attacking Hellboy, causing Hellboy to drop the block and it kind of falls through the air. There's kind of one of those moments of like, is he going to catch it or what? And the Von Klempt body catches it and just crushes it. So they've they've lost their weapon now and Hellboy's just pissed. That, God damn it, that thing was working.
2: And I know we said it before, but I'll say it again. Fucking Nazis. Yeah, I know, yeah. Even their disembodied head robot <laughs> bodies suck.
0: So uh, Von Klempt arrives and he's, he's kind of mocking them. You know, he's got to have his little moment. We go back down to Inger and she has a vision. Are you the angel of death? My grandfather spoke of.
1: And I I, I was immediately like, holy fuck, is that Rasputin?
0: It's Rasputin. So like, so let's think about this. So Rasputin hated von Klempt, And after Zinko blew up the lab and wake the devil, there was that little epilogue where he was with the Baba Yaga. And she tried to tell him to stay there. And, but he said, no, I want to go on a little longer and see if I can make myself a god. So this is how far he's fallen. Now he's trying to use von Klempt, someone who he hated. But he's like, I'm still going to do this. I am still going to have my plan. I'm still, I, I still have a chance to fulfill my yeah. destiny to the dragon. Yeah. And so I'm going to team up with somebody that I hate. And he kind of took control over him. He posed as the angel of death to von Klempt. So not even von Klempt was aware that it was Rasputin. But it was really him all along. So I think this is kind of interesting to to think about. And so he says, I'm certainly more than that, right? He's certainly more than a ghost.
1: Right. And she's talking about, I did all this stuff, and now after all that, we're nothing but food for a conqueror worm.
0: So Rasputin says that that's true, but... It's not like von Klemp said that the Earth right. is just going to be yeah. burning, cindering, and that's going to be it. Right. He says there will be a new beginning.
1: Well, he's talking about these pre-human Hyperboreans and yeah. like, that was the Golden Age. And then humans came up out of the beasts and all this. He talks about Lemuria and Atlantis and some, like all this other stuff. and he's
0: So we get some more kind of mythology building yeah. here because uh, in, in this universe, there was another prehistoric humans like even before our race of humans well
2: i I like also how they mentioned sumeria because um i mean that's like the earliest writings we have like the cruciform writing that they have on those tablets
0: cuneiform is it cuneiform thank you my bad yeah have you ever looked at that stuff it just looks like like all these little hashes it's so weird i know it's just like yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's weird to think that that's a a language
1: pressed into play and so it has this sort of a
0: yeah so i I really like this mythology building of the first race of man, um the hyperboreans, and so he says he tells Inger that this has all been leading to her
1: and she's like what
0: yeah, and so he 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 talks about that. Um, the agra jihad will break through the prison they will burn the earth and kill everything but then after that out of the ashes there will be new life and we kind of see this egg I and this like a baby a little hand out uh, arises yeah. out of it i really this like little that baby
1: monster it's really cute in it, a horrific way yeah yet again mignola tends to make everything super creepy and horrific somehow adorable sometimes yeah which i love anyway
0: And a new world, and this is really, yeah, this is a really great panel of just this kind of like frog person looking over this really beautiful um, sunset or sunrise. This is what your grandfather can't see. This Ragnarok is not only an end, but a new beginning. The seed of that rebirth is in you now. I see it. And so he tells her, fear not, go boldly into your future. Death is not the end. Meanwhile, and then there's just this what giant like freaking out, <laughs> just this uh, giant, giant wolf, just demon killing wolf. everything, saying all this weird uh, the, yelling, this, this,
1: yeah, to yaga, just flailing and around. And Roger just
0: sums it up nicely. He says, "This is going badly." <laughs> 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 and so Hellboy tries to throw another grenade, and it just knocks it back right at them, oh, blowing them, yeah. blowing them to the side.
2: Well, he's like, "I got one grenade left. This one's gotta work, right?" <laughs> And then after they get blown
0: back, he says, well, that didn't work. I'm starting to get pretty concerned. So <laughs> so now Hellboy's starting to get pretty concerned, too, uh, which is we, we should all be concerned there. And the Conqueror Worm reaches out and it grabs Von Klempt. And I like this little moment where Von Klempt is like, no, not yet. Like, he still wants to see more of his destruction. He wants to see all his
1: horrible shit.
0: But as it grabs him, it kind of gets zapped with electricity and it lets him go. And Von Klempt just kind of flies off laughing, uh, which I there's a lot of comedy to that little... You know, into that little uh, headless with the wires but just then kind that, of going off. That
1: gives Hellboy a clue. Like, ah, he doesn't like electricity. Yes. So,
0: well, so.
2: I like how it's like. Did you see that? the The laughing head flew away. <laughs> before, before that.
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Great.
1: So he figures out like, well, Roger, you can you sucked up all this electricity. Maybe you can use it to, you know, shock this monster. And he's like, yeah. And Hellboy's like, yeah, but that killed you he's like no 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 no. i you know i became empty and then i can like suck the thing up into me right and hold it prisoner until you decide how to deal with it
0: right like, this
1: guy's really brave but also is that gonna work
0: right and hellboy has this moment where he's immediately like you know what i changed my mind yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do something different and now he's like no it's a good plan remember i'm not really human right. and so it cuts to that back to where manning gave hellboy the the detonator Hellboy says you're a better man than I, Gunga Din. So this is a reference to the Rudyard Kipling um, poem, right? And I think it's also been used in a movie. People say, and so I read all about this earlier today. People say Gunga Din. It's actually Gunga Dean, Gunga um, Dean yeah. to to rhyme in the Rudyard Kipling poem, but that's a very popular phrase that's kind of meant that uh, you know, you're you're a better man than I am,
1: right? And then so we've got this, you know, he Roger starts shocking this horrible worm and it's working
0: right he's taking it all in and there's kind of a, a bunch of great shots as all the lightning is striking and we cut to lobster johnson he's just like a, kind of observing all of this and um and it
1: cuts back to the poem right
0: yeah it cuts back to the poem uh, that that we had been we had been checking out we see oming's body we see rasputin we see the dead alien um and the whole castle has kind of come down hunt castle Cowboy finds Roger and he's like, hey, you did it. I've never seen anything like that. But Roger is all possessed by the worm and he's speaking this like scary language and all this kind of stuff. And you really get the sense that Roger is struggling with it. You know, he's like, fight it, Roger. You can do it. He's and,
1: talking in this horrible
0: language yeah well, and
2: then like like roger screams no and you can definitely tell that's him fighting it right yeah well the
0: word bubbles actually change color
1: right
0: um based on i guess if it's the conqueror worm's language or his and this first panel where it's him he looks so scared like he's saying all this stuff but like the expression on his face is almost right. like no i don't want to be saying it's this it's this horrible yeah you know,
1: language of this monster and so
0: so they're, they're they're trying to fight it and roger reveals that he knows that that they put the bomb in him he says i know you have the means to destroy me do it now and hellboy opens up the thing he's about to push it but he just can't
2: you know he, like he's begging him to do it because he's like i can see what this worm will do right destroy it while you still have the chance
0: yeah
1: so von klemd comes back over here
0: and he's trying to call the worm out of roger He's, he's like, yes, my darling, come forth, worm, and do your work. I'm ready to die. And Roger just turns around and looks at it. He's like, you want to die? And Roger just leaps out. He grabs Von Klemp and he takes him down. And
1: the guy is still saying, I want to see the worm. Yeah.
0: He's like,
2: <laughs> no, not like this.
0: <laughs> oh, you have to admire the, this guy's ambition. But uh, we see the the head in the jar get burst open and Von Klemp's head go flying. So hopefully that's, that's the end of him as they both go down there. We even see in the next panel, Lobster Johnson says that Von Klempt is dead. Now, Inger Von Klempt, time for you to face the harsher justice of the Lobster's Claw. And she's she's just gotten this, and she's just all re impassioned now, gaining this speech from Rasputin. She says, "I'm I'm the future," but Lobster Johnson says, "You owe too much to the past," and he just shoots her. So that you know, if Rasputin was trying to groom her or have any other kind of plan towards her, that's all ended now. Lobster Johnson has put an end to it. He finally sees him and
1: says, "Oh, you really are Lobster."
0: Yeah, he finally gets to see him. So, Lobster Johnson and Hellboy come out to where Roger is. They pull the cover off his chest, and as soon as he pulls it out, you see like that kind of that kind of ectoplasm tentacle thing sticking out. I love the way that looks. It looks great. Yeah. And they stick the rod in there and the lightning strikes and, you know, Roger seems to be all right. So the the lightning strike, I guess, killed the worm and also brought Roger back to life. And they have this moment. He's like, who's that over there? And oh, it's, yeah. And it's, so. So, OK, so I was trying to figure this out because I thought that Lobster Johnson was a ghost in this. Right. There's even that moment earlier where roger's like you just mean the only nazi survivor because obviously you survived too and he's like of course right but it's like dot 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 right like did he really survive or is he a ghost but then here he like actually gets electrocuted and they see his corpse there in the lobster johnson uniform so
2: like what really happened
1: i don't know maybe that's just how he chooses to appear
2: well you remember how when um what's her name uh shot that nazi right at the very beginning of it i almost kind of got the sense that maybe his ghost moved into that body and just kind of sort of yeah yeah
0: no well that i think that was him yeah Yeah. oh yeah because that guy had a face and oh okay yeah maybe that's how that worked let us know in some (laughs) yeah some listener feedback what what you think about how lobster johnson actually was able to to take part in this story so, cutting back, now the the BPRD have arrived. They're there they're in a helicopter. And apparently Roger's doing fine. They're going to have to install a new generator. And Hellboy starts with all this. I want you to look out for him, okay? Manning comes up, and Manning's like, um, good job, I need a full report as soon as possible. And Hellboy's like, Tom, hold out your hand. And he just gives him the detonator, and he says, I quit.
1: Hellboy quits. Great he, twist. He
0: quits the BPRD. I honestly
2: did not see that coming, but it's definitely something, yeah, it's something I I feel like it's what he would do.
0: Right. And so he has this moment with Kate where he just says, it's not just the thing with Roger, you know, the the whole crown of apocalypse, right hand of doom, flowers growing out of my blood. And she's like, you never told me about the flowers. He's like, I just found out about that one. (laughs) And she says, where are you going? And he says, Africa. I was there once a long time ago. I liked it. I always meant to go back. It'll be as good a place to start as any. And after that, wherever the wind blows. And so she's just like, Good for you. You know, she she she's really supportive even though he's taking off. We
1: get a sense though that I mean Liz says she's quit eleven times or something like that. Right. How many times has she quit? Yeah, no, she's so So I mean Yeah, it's good that he it's good for Hellboy to have that moment with that guy and say, I'm gonna draw a line somewhere. I'll do all these things for you. I'll face the most horrible things in the world. I'll get blown up and beaten and bloodied, but when you ask me to potentially detonate my friend, right? That's the line, and he draws a line in the sand. And that's another—that's another thing going back to the theme of humanness or what makes a good person or personhood. And so, I—I I really I like that. That's the line. Yeah. That he says no. I quit. I fucking quit. And so it's—it's it's maybe a symbolic kind of a gesture to be like that's a good way to get me to fucking quit dude i'm yeah. out of here i need to take a fucking vacation yeah i need to go somewhere Go to africa do something for my i'm going to africa i'm going to africa and so that's I, I like that i like that a lot
0: so w- one of the last things he says is ga- say goodbye to abe for me so right. we've had we've had some good abe hellboy moments he wrote him a little letter from east bromwich and k just says you just take care of yourself you bet and so uh, we have a little epilogue um, somewhere inside hunt castle hecate in her um, iron maiden form yes thank you hecate in her iron maiden form talks to rasputin
1: i like when she's um, well rasputin is saying yeah you're you're ill so right and you know i i put her in there and she and hecate's like no she's gone you know, thanks for the blood and the iron skin, but right. all else is me, and I, I really like that delivery there on this panel. It's, also, it's like a how, great panel.
2: Also, like how uh, Rasputin says, "Serve me as you were created to do." It's like so that whole time he was like talking about to uh, Elsa about being love and this and that. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, just trying was to create just, another servant. Yeah, right.
0: right. Wow. For yeah. Sure. And we do have this uh, little flashback panel to Ilsa saying only for you right before the, the, the right. Iron Maiden closed in on her.
1: A lot of flashbacks Yeah, here so too, we're yeah Hecate we're recounting story. all the
0: events of Wake the Devil. Hecate talks about how Hellboy de- fought and destroyed her, but part of her lived in the vampire Jurescu.
2: She said, like, the same way that your soul is with the Baba Yaga. You know, yeah, Part of me was
0: with Jurescu. Uh, yeah. W- was, was And she gave him up to enter the flesh and iron body. Rasputin says that Hellboy destroyed you once, he'll do it again, and she says no, that they are bound together forever. When your Ragnarok comes, he and I will pass into it together. Either we will rule over the new world that is to come, or we will die, I don't know, I can't see that far and there's an awesome panel of just like a skeleton of hellboy right and then the iron maiden and it's kind of like open on one side and you can see half of the skull in there i really like that panel a lot it's like super creepy and it's just kind of like shit what is going to happen like they have to be together when ragnarok comes to pass so she's tied into his destiny somehow
1: and she's telling rasputin you know you've got all these you've got all these highfalutin ideas about your own destiny but like you think you can have something to do with this? I'm a goddess.
0: Yeah, you're so, so much less. Much less. Yes, and he's like, I can and I will. And she's like, You've already failed three times. You failed at Cavendish Hall. We see a flashback of him getting stabbed through by the the ghost of Elihu Cavendish through Abe. We see uh, when Zinko blew up the lab in Norway, and oh, yeah. and Rasputin was just like, Hell oh, boy. <laughs> and then here he failed again. Because you're only a ghost.
1: It pisses him off so bad.
0: And he's like, I was chosen by the dragon. I alone will be lord over that. From Cavendish Hall, I shook the dragon. So remember, he shook. He he right. cracked one of... He, that, that was his highest moment. Even the Baba Yaga said that was his highest Pretty moment. Pretty impressive, yeah. Poor Rasputin, you know and I know that only one power on Earth can ever loose the dragon. You've always known.
1: And he's pissed off at the...
0: Oh, crap. Hey, everybody. Here we are coming back in. <laughs> and... uh Take two. Yeah, I'm here with Danielle. And so Hecate reveals that the right hand of doom is the only thing that could free the Ogra jihad And Rasputin is pretty upset by that. You brought him to Earth, but he was never yours. Rasputin says, Hellboy, I'm still your master boy. I will see you crawl before me. This is not the end, which is the exact same thing that he told him at the end of Seed of Destruction. Right. And she says, it is. And Rasputin's bones, like, shatter. They just, into, like, explode. Into all these little shards.
1: Well, poor... I mean, it's not poor Rasputin. I mean, he was working with Nazis, so I don't... You know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, poor Rasputin. But, like, he works so hard to bring about the destruction of the universe, <laughs> and he just never seems to catch a break, does he?
0: No. Uh, yeah. He all, all his plans have just... They've all failed for various reasons that he couldn't control. First, like, a ghost... Right, interfered with his plans, <laughs> Elihu Cavendish, and then Zinko blew up the lab in Norway, so it's just kinda like and then this time uh Hickety's
1: just teasing him. Yeah. She's just like, Yeah, you'll never be able to achieve your goals and here's why. Right. And it's just enraging him and I don't I don't really like she's she's got this beef with someone who's nowhere near as powerful as her and it just makes her look kinda petty, honestly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: So all his uh, all his bones shatter. We see all the shards go, and like one, and little, one piece, little piece, yeah, yeah, it goes down, and we reveal that it's caught by the Baba Yaga. Poor Rasputin, there is so little left of you, not even enough to light a skull. But you are my son.
1: And there's so... like a little murmuring, yeah, the coming little... <laughs> from the little
0: scrap or whatever, right. And then we see all the skulls with lights in her eyes that we saw in her story. And we also saw them in the epilogue for Wake the Devil.
1: I like that she puts that little piece in a little acorn.
0: Yeah. And
1: she's wearing it around. I mean, they have a, you know, they have a little...
0: They they do. And uh, so I'll keep you in a nutshell and wear you close to my heart forever. Like, it almost makes me want to cry sometimes Aww. when I read this. It's just so... That you would just get the, the Why last do we piece feel, of somebody's yes, soul yeah. and just put it in a nutshell where it's close to your heart. It's a very sentimental thing.
1: It's a very, it's a very Bobby Yaga thing to do.
0: And this last panel where it just shows the Yggdrasil and it says the end is is really beautiful, really great end to a that story. Moon in there.
1: They're, you know, they're villains, right? Or whatever they've they've done terrible things, but they they mean something to one another, and that still catches you. You find yourself feeling emotions about these people who have done terrible things right. and it's it's really yeah. interesting
0: yeah so that's the end of conquer worm um little trivia on that mignola said that worms weren't very interesting looking so he drew a caterpillar oh, yeah, so the Conqueror worm little... is actually a, a caterpillar face if you look at its face and it looks pretty cool so again sorry for the technical difficulties but we'll get all <laughs> this sorted out for next time and now i'm gonna edit in aubrey saying all the
2: things Tell us your thoughts on being human in Conqueror Worms. Send us your feedback at hellboybookclub at gmail.com. Join the book club on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Third Wish and The Island. So, pull out your back issues, trades, library editions, omnibus, or download the digitals and do your homework and follow along with us next time. I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, Look, Roger, a dead alien.